We return to our reading of 1 Samuel. We find ourselves in chapter 10. We'll read today verses 1 to 16. Now you remember that this episode began in the previous chapter where the people of Israel have very wickedly asked for God to give them a king like the nations, and the Lord gave them as his judgment. He gave them what they wanted, Saul, the son of Kish, and his only qualifications are external. He's tall and good-looking. And already we've seen Saul as he's hunting down his father's lost donkeys. He doesn't really show much skill, but his, his, his servant leads him to, the, to Samuel, the judge. And, and this passage we're reading today concludes the account of that episode. Now, one thing we see here is uh, a picture of Samuel as really the progenitor of the school of the prophets. I often comment, and as we're reading 1 Samuel, Samuel's a far greater man than we tend to think. He's one of the absolute giants of the Bible and redemptive history. And one of the reasons is that the school of the prophets, there was a a community of the prophets, and it's going to produce within a a century or so, Elijah and Elisha all the way down, um, is really something that occurs under Samuel. And we're going to meet them in this passage. Now, we see what prophecy is about in the Bible. Samuel is going to give detailed information to Saul as a way of confirming his promise. Remember, he's promised Saul that Saul's going to be king. Well, how does he know that's going to be true? He, he gives him all kinds of little details. You hear them as I read them about events. You're going to go this place, and this is going to happen to you. This person's going to say that to you. This person's going to carry three loaves. He's going to give two of them to you. And, and you ask, now... now how does he know that? I wonder if you ever tried to give a prophecy like that. It will fail immediately. But the reason the prophecy works is the sovereignty of God. God controls. If you just read what Samuel prophesies here, the reason that it happens is it's God who gave Samuel the message. The prophets received their message by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And God is the ability to make his word come true, even to the smallest details. He is the sovereign God. That, by the way, is why the birth of Jesus and the life and death of Jesus can be prophesied hundreds of years in advance. Uh, in such detail, all of which are fulfilled in order to prove to us that he is who the Bible says he is. These prophecies are proved to Saul that he's going to be who Samuel said he's going to be. The prophecies come true. Now, the, the school of the prophets is found, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're, they're giving ecstatic utterings. They're, they're prophesying in the form of preaching. And what's going to happen is when Samuel gets there, when Saul gets there, is the Holy Spirit's going to come on him, and he's going to join the prophets. Something you wouldn't rather expect of a man like this. And uh, he's the Spirit, verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now, this brings up a topic that's probably going to be mentioned several times in the life of Saul, that the biblical evidence does not show that he's a converted man, but it does show that the Spirit of God is upon him. And you go, well, I thought those two go together. Well, they go together in the, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, there were times when God would employ a, sing, a certain person. You think of in the book of Exodus, uh, Ohaliab and Beth Bezalel received the Spirit of God for goldsmithing. And that enabled them to make the Ark of the Covenant and the menorah, those magnificent things. And then the Holy Spirit left them. So the Spirit comes for certain persons to do God's work. And in some cases, they are not saved. And Saul is going to prove as one of them. And yet the language that's used of him, the dare I say, 
uh, when used properly of a person who has, who has faith in Jesus Christ, are the kinds of things that ought to be said about us. Uh, Saul's friends see him with the prophets, and he's praising God and making prophetic utterances, and his friends make the comment, uh, what is this change that has come upon Saul, the son of Kish? Now, if you're an adult convert, then people have said that about you. If you're really born again, if you have a new heart, our sermon today is going to be about the new heart, then people will say a great change has come upon your life. In fact, Saul prophesying uh, pr- produces a saying, is Saul among the prophets? Uh, and, and he's going to, it, actually the text says God gave him a new heart. Now we discover that it's not, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a provisional gift. God's going to put him to work. He's going to use him. Saul's actually a source of judgment, not of salvation. Now the passage ends with Saul finally getting home. And it's, it's another one of these almost slapstick passages, the point of which is to show he doesn't have spiritual virtue, doesn't have wisdom. He, he, his God making him king, even though the Lord gives him the spirit in a certain way, is a judgment upon the people. He finally gets home, and the, the donkeys have been found. And his uncle says to him, where have you been this whole time, Saul? I heard you've been to Samuel, the prophet. Now, you would think that he would say, yes, I have met the prophet. I've, I've been with the school of the prophets. I've praised the Lord. I've, I've spoken the word of the Lord, and I have a promise from God through Samuel that uh, is going to come true in my life. He doesn't say that. Now, I think one reason, he's probably embarrassed, he's confused. But dare I say, if you've been born again in Jesus Christ, the last thing you want to talk about is just the material things of your life. Saul says at the end, what did Samuel tell you? He told me the donkeys had been found. Well, we have better things to talk about in our lives. Oh, the, the material things. I went to college, I graduated, I got this job. Oh, it's all, it goes in our Christmas cards. Uh, someone who's really received a new heart wants to talk about Jesus, wants to say, I want you to know what the Lord has done to me. Sadly, Saul is a great disappointment, but Jesus Christ is no disappointment to us. In him, we have a rebirth that gives eternal life. Well, that's an awful lot for a small passage. Let's give ear to the reading of God's holy, inerrant, and life-giving word, beginning at verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his, Saul's head, and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. When you depart from me today, you will meet two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys that you went to seek are found, and now your father has ceased to care about the donkeys and is anxious about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on from there further and come to the oak of Tabor. Two, three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you there, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you uh, shall accept from their hand. After that, you shall come to Gibeath Elohim, where there is a garrison of the Philistines. And there, as soon as you come to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and lyre before them prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now when these signs meet you, do what your hand finds to do, for God is with you. 
Then go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I am coming to you to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you shall do. When he turned his back to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart, and all these signs came to pass that day. When they came to Gibeah, behold, a group of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God rushed upon him, and he prophesied among them. And when all who knew him previously saw how he prophesied with the prophets, the people said to one another, What has come over the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? And a man of the place answered, And where, who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? When he'd finished prophesying, he came to the high place. Saul's uncle said to him and to his servant, Where did you go? And he said to seek the donkeys, and when we saw that they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Please tell me what Samuel said to you. And Saul said to his uncle, He told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom of which Samuel had spoken, he did not tell him anything. The grass grass withers, the flowers fall, and the word of our God abides forever. Amen. 